0: Welcome to the Please Don't Call It Reese's Pieces podcast, a songwriting journal tracing the origins and intentions of my creations. It's a podcast for fellow creatives and fans of my music, as well as the casual but curious listener wanting a peek behind the creative curtain. Remember to check out the Spotify playlist I created for you to listen to. It includes all the music that I reference here and then some. You'll find a bunch of music that continues to inspire me and hopefully will inspire you as well. If you like what you're hearing, but haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please click on the subscribe button. Also, be sure to follow the band and me on social media and head over to the contact page on my website so that we can put you on our gig alert list. And the next time the band and I are playing near you, you'll be the first to hear about it. That website is www.reesshadmusic.com. And remember, I spell my name R-E-E-S. There is no E on the end. All right. We've taken care of the business, now let's roll some tape. That's me and Jimmy Weeder at Clubhouse Recording Studio putting down some acoustic guitars for a song called The Roses and the Wine. In this episode, I'll be talking about how that song came about and how writing it brought me on a journey of exploring the things that get said and the things that are left unsaid with people we love and care about and how so often that can lead to regret. I began writing this song in February of 2023. So it's one of the newest songs on the new acoustic record. And I I wrote it while I was attending a songwriting conference in California. I find that traveling by my lonesome, as I was that week, almost always results in me writing new material. I'm alone with my thoughts a lot more, and especially when I can lock myself away in a hotel room with a Do Not Disturb sign on the door, I don't have to deal with nearly as many distractions, right? Ideas that have been percolating on the back burners of my mind get to come forward and receive my full attention, and I tend to be at my most prolific when I'm traveling like that. Every set of song lyrics in my catalog has its creation date in the byline, and I'm sure that if I were to overlap those dates into my personal calendar, a ton of them would have been written while traveling alone, at a conference, on business trips, or other such travels. It's like when I was in school. I always sought out the quietest place in the library with those desks, with the side panels that act like blinders, like some draft horse. I I can zero in on a project when I get the side flaps up. Anyway, The Roses and the Wine was written on one of those occasions, when I did not know a lot of people at the conference yet, and I was feeling a bit introverted. Rather than go down and hang out at the bar in the hotel and meet new people, I found myself spending an awful lot of time between workshops and presentations with my guitar, a pad of paper, and a pencil. The hotel was on the beach in Ventura, California, and the weather was quite stormy. From my hotel room, I could see the ocean, and in the distance, a pier where several decades before, I had gone with my half-brother Dylan to learn to surf. If I looked up north on the coast, I could just make out the beach where my dad and I played frisbee once. I remember it clearly because he kept on throwing wide, so I'd have to get into the water and retrieve the frisbee. At one point, I got pulled under by the undertow, and my dad had to come and rescue his nine-year-old from drowning. So I remember it well. Anyway, there I sat, reflecting on my adopted father and my half-brother, both of whom are no longer with us, when I received a text from an old friend informing me that his father had just passed away. Now, he and his father had a difficult relationship, just like I had with mine, and slightly winded by my friend's news, beginning to feel as if maybe I wasn't benefiting from being alone in the room anymore, I decided to go downstairs and get a bite to eat. As I was waiting for the elevator, another conference attendee came out of his room and over to the elevators. He and I had sat through a couple of critiquing workshops together and he asked me how the conference was going. I responded, well, it could have been better, could have been worse. The guy's right eyebrow went up and I only hesitated for a moment before excusing myself, turning around and heading back to my hotel room to write the line down. And as I went, the gentleman called from behind me. Yep, you'll want to get that down on paper. I wasn't connecting the line to my reflection upon my relationship with my brother and father right then. But as soon as I started scribbling out the first line, things started connecting for me. So when I put pencil to paper, the first lyrics echoed that first idea. Things could have gone one way or another. Things might work out as you intend, or they might not. You could speak your mind and still not get heard. It was all circling around expressing oneself and still not communicating. I'm sitting in that room and the the sun had gone down and a big sliding glass door was reflecting the writing desk and me scribbling with my old Gibson in my lap. I started thinking about all the times I've left feelings unsaid and how almost every time I lived to regret it. Next thing you know... I'm singing the lines into my phone's voice recorder app.
1: Could have been. might have intended what I might have done set in stone the silence between us but you found words to speak up and try apology
0: so that last line uh, about apology it landed over an unintended change. It was literally just muscle memory for a chorus jump. I I have to be honest, these changes really aren't world-shattering, right? I mean, they've been done a thousand times before. The only thing that I might have going for me is an interesting lyric, a twist in the tale, or an honest-to-goodness universal statement that we can all, or at least some of us, identify with. So... The muscle memory clicks in and I actually just jump to this other chord and I'm distracted by it so that my subconscious just jumps and takes control of the car. (laughs) And I blurt out that line about finding words to try apology. Don't know where it came from, but there it was. Now I had a give and take establishing itself in this narrative, right? Where was that going to take me?
1: Through the long lean years. And I never told you what you long to hear.
0: I was a little concerned about getting too many concrete and specific elements introduced into this lyric. This concern is based in my idea of a good song endeavoring to establish a connection that needs to be more universal. I didn't want it to be about me and my dad or me and my brother, or for that matter, you and your loved one. It's a balancing act when you write a song like this to withdraw from that navel-gazing aspect of self-analysis that we can all so easily do and work to establish a more common experience. That experience, hopefully, is something interesting and unusual while also being something that we all recognize in our own individual experience our own individual lives. So as I fumbled around with the phone, listening to playbacks of me literally just improvising and making up lyrics on the spot, I started parsing where and when to be oblique and when to clearly state things. I think that at first I'd been wanting to tell a clear story about a specific relationship, but as the night wore on, I found concrete subjects such as apologizing for something hurtful or sidestepping a direct apology and applied them to a vague relationship, perhaps old friends coming together again, siblings smoothing over some sort of familial discord, or even a pair of folks rekindling a romantic relationship. I wanted to encompass all these things, so I, I thought of roses for romance and alcohol for social lubrication, and that's how I came up with this chorus line, And, of course, ended up knee-deep in a Jack Lemmon, Lee Remick movie. (laughs) But I wanted something more hopeful. And so I have both parties reaching out to each other, the narrator trying to make connection, to gain empathy, and to give what needs to be given to the other person.
1: I spoke in riddle That I couldn't know why and the end, my friend We found ourselves In the roses and the wine If it was my fault I'd follow suit And try apology I never put in words The pain inside of me But in fading roses, and the last of the wine, we found each other just in time.
0: That performance, as well as the uh, last sample, uh, were both from Six Strings and a Story my acoustic retrospective due out October, 2023. Um, Anyway, with the introduction of the wine and roses reference, I started reorganizing the lines. Although I never dropped the initial line from the elevator uh, conversation as the necessary first line that always had to start the song. But I reorganized everything else to what it is now. And within a few hours, I sat back happy with what I created. the uh, section you just heard, where I come back to that hook line of the wine and roses, but I land on a C. It's it's and transpose where the melody is happening. Um, I don't really know how that happened. I probably was a one of those muscle memory weirdness things where I just improvised. But it happened on one of the very early phone recordings, and I just I've always loved it. So I've always kept that in happy accidents, man, you got to be open to them when they happen. That's actually a tenet of my songwriting philosophy. And quite frankly, I'm looking across my uh, library studio right here um, at Rick Rubin's book on creativity, and he'll ascribe to that same philosophy. It's like that these happy accidents happen, let them happen, find them and appreciate them, where you find them. You don't have to use them all, but I'm going to tell you that whenever anybody hears one of my recordings and says, oh, I really like such and such, I will say nine times out of 10, it's one of those happy accidents that it's like, yeah, it's so different from what the other Reshad stuff is. Well, that was an accident. And now I've uh, embraced that accident and I will continue to. Anyway, so enough of the happy accident crap uh the the bottom line is i finally reorganized this song and i i felt the lyrics fell together really nicely now i felt there was a story without being too much of a prescribed narrative and then i realized man i've been doing this for four or five hours i am starving i ran downstairs and got a sandwich anyway so that's how this song came about and uh here's the track as i recorded it uh, with my friend Jimmy Weeder and his band. They're called The Weight Band. If you don't know them, check them out. Jimmy plays a mean guitar, actually. He's one of my favorite guitar slinging heroes. Brian Mitchell is playing piano. He played accordion on Tattletail, uh, my last record. Uh, Albert Rogers is playing bass and sang harmonies on this. Michael Bram plays the drums. Mean drummer, man. And the organ, ah. Oh, caressed by the b3 titan matt ziner who also played on tattletale this is going to come out in january of 2024 so this is a sneak peek of a rough mix of the roses and the wine from my album the galahad blues Mm
1: been better lot it could have been worse I might have never told you what you meant to me I might have intended what I might have done Set in stone the silence Between us But you found words To speak up And try apology I found the courage To say What's inside of me It so often was hard Through the long lean years And I never told you What you long to hear You spoke in riddles I couldn't unwind But in the end, my friend, we found ourselves in the roses and the wine. And it was my fault, i follow suit and try apology. I never put in words, the pain inside of me. But in the failing roses and the last of wine, we found each other just in time. I might have never told you What you meant to me But in the fading roses And the lies to wine We found each other Just in time Found each other in
0: the roses and the wine. That's a wrap on yet another episode of the Please Don't Call It Reese's Pieces podcast. Today's episode featured the song The Roses and the Wine written by moi. It appears on Six Strings and a Story in October of 2023, and a full band production will be on the 2024 album, The Galahad Blues. Once those dates roll around, October and January, you'll be able to check either of those albums out on streaming services of your choosing. But if you're like me, you dig reading the liner notes on a CD and holding physical product. Once we reach the release dates, you can head over to the record shop at reeshadmusic.com. Remember, Reese doesn't have an E at the end. R-E-E-S-S-H-A-D M-U-S-I-C.com And order a CD for your collection or even a USB with all those liner notes, PDF format, and all kinds of media extras packed in with the music files. If you're one of my Patreon subscribers, you can be sure you'll get early access to the album. And if you're not, why not head over there and become one? you can get tons of cool stuff for helping me continue to be a creative. Hey, bottom line, thanks for listening today, folks. Your support it means everything. All right, catch you all in next reel. Ciao. This has been a Shadville music production, produced by the Big Fish in the library at Stressless Studios on a wing and a prayer. All songs by Reese Shad except where stated. Our theme music comes from Reese and the Conversations playing Reese's tune, No She Don't.